Check Me Out is made possible in part by the Friends of the Amarillo Public Library, Brick and Elm Magazine, and a grant from Humanities Texas, the state affiliate of the National Endowment for the Humanities. I think so fondly of these people. We helped solve this neighborhood murder together. And <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, you're group welcome. in the book. Yeah. <laughs> I put a lot of a uh, lot of effort into this. So, <laughs> and whatever's going on in your life, theirs is so much worse. It kind of makes you True. feel better. Like, wow, at least that's not happening to me. Yeah, at least yeah. my husband isn't a serial killer that I know of. Yeah, Brandon. Um, <laughs> You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Welcome to Check Me Out, a podcast for book lovers. Hey there, I'm Amy Hart. Today we're talking about one of my favorite genres, and that is psychological thrillers. I love them, and I'm super excited to get some great recommendations today. Uh, We have two guests with us today. I'm going to go ahead and have you introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Bridget Hefner. I am a reference librarian at the Southwest Branch Library. Perfect. And I am Stevie Brashears, and I'm the Digital Communications Coordinator here at Panhandle PBS. And Stevie and I have a secret little thriller book club (laughs) that we have started. Also a cult documentary club that we have, uh, because we are the two in the building that are obsessed with those things. So uh, let's talk about why do you love thrillers? What is it that hooks you in why do you keep going back to them? I'll start with you. You don't know how it's going to end. Okay. They're totally unpredictable. And that's one of the things I like. I'm never very good at figuring out mysteries, but this gives a little extra suspense to it that I really enjoy. What about you? I, you know, it's kind of the same thing. I'm also not good at figuring out mysteries. Um, I think we even talked about a book recently where you were like, oh yeah, I saw this coming from, you know, this point on. And I was like, I never saw it coming. So, um. which here's the deal: it was rare for me. And here's and fair, the other thing fair. is, I feel like I could have easily been wrong too. I still think it's that. Yeah, I may have called that one, but but how often True. does that have happen? Yes, pretty I, rare, yeah. very rare. Yeah, but it's just it's something about being hooked from the very beginning. It's just that. It keeps you, you have to stay engaged in the book. It's not one of those things where you can kind of read a little bit and then you get lost and you're like, oh, wait, what was I, what was I thinking about? What, <laughs> yeah. What's going on? You know, you, you have to stay focused and it, it just keeps your attention. And there's just something about ha- like needing to know what's coming next that is really exciting. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I keep coming back to. So you were talking before we got on, uh, I was going to say on the air, but before we started recording, um, I'm so used to being on the radio, um, but we were talking about COVID and the, how thrillers kind of went through the roof during COVID. Why is that? Personally, I think it's because all those people were stuck in their house, ready to kill each other. And then (laughs) probably the next step is wondering, are they ready to kill me? And if so, have they already started? Am I still safe? Yeah. Yeah. I I joked a lot about The Shining during COVID because that's kind of what it felt Mm -hmm. like. Like, oh, good, we're like trapped. And then, you know, we had the big snow on top of it. And I was like, oh, no, we really are living in The Shining now. But (laughs) um, but yeah, I think it is that um, there's something that like you were saying, Stevie, Mm -hmm. that it really takes you out of reality Mm -hmm. because you do have to be paying attention to what's happening and characters and names and who Mm -hmm. they are, because that could be the person in the end. Exactly. And you're like, who's 
Bob, where did that guy come from? You know, I guess I missed that guy. Um, so you never want to be the person that gets to the end and doesn't know who that was or whatever. But it was a good escape during COVID for me. And yes. I picked up, I've picked up way more thrillers in the past two years than I have in probably the past 10 years. Is that true for you too? Oh, for sure. I think um, I went through it kind of a, a rough patch where I wasn't reading as much for fun just because I was super swamped with school and everything. It was actually the summer of 2019. I saw a recommendation for Verity and I was like, hmm, I kind of want to, I kind of want to <laughs> check this out. And I started reading it and I finished it in about six hours, I think. <laughs> that summer was, you know, kind of rough for me. My mom got really sick. So it was a lot of like time in the hospital, just having something that I could just kind of dive into and just be like consumed by, I think was a really good distraction. And then obviously the pandemic hit at the beginning of 2020. So I just kind of consistently, you know, carried on. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I read Verity last year, mm -hmm. uh, last summer, and I don't even know how we figured out that we had both read it. I think I was like, have you read this book, Verity? And you're like, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. And so, and then now I've, I've put Brian Frank onto it. I'm like, hey, here's a book you need to check out. Um, but I love that about the, the community, mm -hmm. I feel like, that thrillers bring. Because it's an instant like, have you read this one? Oh my gosh, you won't see it coming. You know, yes. that kind of thing. <laughs> um, so you are a librarian. You're mm -hmm. around all different types and genres of books. Can you tell tell us what the difference between horrors, mysteries, and thrillers are? Mysteries, we've always counted mysteries as being somebody's killed. And sometimes they're cozy mysteries where the neighborhood busybody solves the crime, and sometimes they're more serious. Horror is a level of supernatural, like Stephen King especially, although some of his are getting more realistic. And thrillers, they're more kind of a level of adventure, and kind of a mix-up of mystery and adventure. But then the domestic thrillers like this are not so much adventure. They're more like a closed-room situation almost. Meaning what type? Like what would you, what is a good example of a domestic thriller? There's several by B.A. Paris. One of hers is, um, I don't remember the name. But, um, I almost wrote it down too, <laughs> and I did not because I haven't, I haven't read it, but it's on my shelf. Yeah, she's got several. Oh, it's called Behind Closed Doors. The neighborhood thinks this couple is wonderful. Everything's perfect. She's always well-dressed, just perfectly groomed. Her meals are perfect. But then people start realizing that she doesn't leave the house without her husband. She won't go out for lunch with people. No, she's too busy. She's got things to do. There's always some reason why she can't go out. And then as the story progresses, we start to find out exactly why. I already love this. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, it's on my shelf. And so I'm excited to pick that one up. So I'm sure you see there's a lot of tropes kind of in thrillers. You know, you have the, it, it's kind of always the same type of setup, I feel like. And it's kind of whatever the author decides to do with that setup. So I started reading this novel a couple of days ago. My, stu my student worker got this for me for my birthday and her name is CJ, and she loves our podcast, so shout out to CJ. Um, but it's called The Book of Cold Cases by Simone St. James, and it's fictional. Um, but she wrote this part, and it made me laugh, and I thought, oh, this is perfect. I read this right before we're coming to do this, so I'm going to read it to you. It's no spoilers of the book whatsoever. 
Um, but it's kind of, I think, how we all feel. So it says, on the bus, I pulled out my phone, put my earbuds in my ears, and played the audiobook I was in the middle of listening to. A thriller. A woman in danger. Most of the characters possibly lying. Everything not quite as it seemed. A twist somewhere near the end that would either shock me or wouldn't. There were dozens of books just like it, hundreds maybe, and they were the soundtrack to my life. And I felt so connected to that when I read it. I thought, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much pretty much my life too. So that little bit about being the soundtrack to her life is kind of creepy. Yeah, that you live in a thriller story. Yeah. So, and then you find that very early on about the character. Something tragic happened to her. I haven't figured uh, out what that is yet. We don't know yet. But, uh, yeah, something happened to her as a child or a teenager. And so, yes. So it is the soundtrack to her life. But I do feel there's that connection to, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with. And I think it's the drama of these type of books that I am intrigued by. I don't know. What do you think? I think... Um Definitely the drama and just thinking about how, you know, it it does kind of seem far-fetched to, you know, read these books and, and think about all the horrible things that happen. But there's also the element of thinking, like, this could be happening next door to me and would I know? You know, I, I often listen to audiobooks and, like, true crime podcasts and things like that when I go on my walks um, <laughs> around my neighborhood and, I'll, you know, I'll be walking around listening to this like really gruesome story or something and then I'm like uh I hope nobody's like watching me (laughs) it's I do the same and I have made TikToks about it where it's like her legs were chopped off her arms were chopped off and it's me like looking around behind me like oh maybe I shouldn't be walking around and listening to this in my neighborhood I don't know yeah I I think I like the excitement of it as well and Mm -hmm. Okay, so this brings me to, do you like a slow burner or do you like the twist and turn at every page? So for me, I, if I'm going to sit down and read a book, I typically want to be hooked from the very beginning. I, I want, you know, there to be some sort of element to keep me going. Like, you know, even if it's a little bit of a slow burn, I want there to be some kind of hook. Mm-hmm. Um I've recently kind of gotten into audiobooks and I find that I handle a slow burn better with something like that just because I think sometimes I have a hard time focusing, but if I can just listen to it, it's um it's not as bad. Like I I just recently read um or listened to rather it's called Such a Quiet Place and it's about this, you know, very like quaint neighborhood where nothing ever really happens. It's this community of people who are all about the same age. They all kind of work at this local you know, college, and it's just kind of like a very slow-paced life. And then, you know, so the the beginning of the book is very kind of slow-paced, and the event that is in question has already happened, and so you kind of, like, learn about that, and it's about how everyone is carrying on in the wake of that. And so, you know, I'm listening to it, and I'm like, where is the excitement? Like, what is happening? Obviously, you know, this horrible thing happened, but where is this going? And then kind of towards the middle, something happens that shakes things up and you're like, oh, okay, this is where we are. And from there, it gets really exciting and kind of like, you know, what's happening next? What's going on? What are these people doing? What, how does this all come into play? So, you know, and I really enjoyed that, which is um, kind of like out of character for me, but um, I really do prefer um, a faster paced read, but 
slow burns are okay sometimes. Yeah. What about you? I like it to stay pretty twisty, and I want it to start off with a bang. Yeah. One of the best series I've read was by Rachel Kane. It was a Stillhouse series. At the very beginning of the first book, the woman arrives home with her children, and there's police cars all over the neighborhood. She realizes they're at her house. That's when she discovers that her husband was a serial killer, and there's a dead body in the garage, and she knew nothing. Uh-oh. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm already like, I'm scribbling notes <laughs> on my to-read list. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. What a great way to kick off a series. And you said it's a series. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's the other thing. Most thrillers, you're not going to get a series out of them. You right. know, they're kind of one and done. I, I found one recently um, by Kirsten Modlin, and it's a trilogy. It's called The Arrangement, The Amendment, and The Atonement. And the first book is a couple, they're looking at potentially adding another person to um, their bedroom. And then things just go crazy. Um, (laughs) Things just get so out of hand. And so I've only finished the first book um, and I have the second one ready to go. I think the last one, The Atonement, I think it's either about to be released or it just was released. Um, So it's it's an interesting one, too. But it's another one of those endings that you don't really see coming. And. I can see how they've set it up now for two more books, but most of them typically are resolved within one book from what I've found. So hearing a series about something, I'm like very excited about that. Brick and Elm Magazine is Amarillo's lifestyle magazine. Launched by Michelle McCaffrey and me, Jason Boyette, this independent publication celebrates the people, businesses, and heritage of this area. Along with our flagship print magazine, Brick and Elm also publishes the Brickly email newsletter every week, plus Flavorillo, a bi-weekly food and drink newsletter, plus digital content at brickandelm.com. Brick and Elm highlights the lifestyle and culture of the Texas Panhandle. Brick and Elm is available online or at newsstands near you. So let's talk about TV and film adaptations. Because uh, Stevie and I were just talking about a film adaptation of No Exit, Taylor Adams' No Exit, that they just did for... Was that Hulu? Yes, it was on Hulu. And okay. it was released, um, was it this year? I think so. I mean, I think, I think they I think just so. released it a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And so Stevie and I had both read the novel. She had told me how great it was. Essentially, mm-hmm. a girl is trapped on the road. She's in Colorado in the mountains, snowing. Nobody can get out. So it's kind of that shining vibe where you're yes. trapped in a place and you can't mm-hmm. leave. And she ends up at a visitor center. And it's a bunch of different people from all different walks of life. And should I say any more from there? Um, She finds something in the parking lot. Yes. And everything changes from there. So, um, and then it gets very exciting. And it's one of those, you really can't put it down. Once you get into the story, Mm -hmm. it was very hard to put down. So I, of course, had to check out the film adaptation. And they changed certain things that I felt weren't really even that pertinent to the main story. It was kind of just, no. I don't know it. I was confused on why they changed what they changed. 
maybe it was for casting reasons, maybe it was for <laughs> locations, I don't know. Um, but all of it seemed kind of odd. But the overall adaptation, I think, was okay. I definitely enjoyed it. I did, I found it very weird that they changed, like the certain things that they did change because they didn't really impact the storyline all that much, which was fine. You know, I, I would prefer that over changes that did impact the storyline just because it's such like a, a twisty, you know, yeah, intricate story. But it was just weird to me that, you know, we, we started, I watched it last night actually. And so we started it and the whole time, it, you know, it, it has this kind of weird vibe at the beginning. And I was like, man, this is not like the book at all. Yeah. And I, you know, I know that you had watched it yeah. first and you had said that the beginning was different and the end was different, but overall it was pretty, pretty good in the middle, like, yeah. part where everything happens really was pretty spot on. So I had faith, but <laughs> it was just confusing. It was, you know. Yeah. But I, sure. I did enjoy it. Yeah. It's it's overall it's pretty decent. So mm-hmm. in your experience, are there good ones that you've seen, bad ones that you've seen? Um I think, you know, Gone Girl we have to talk about Gone Girl because it's one of the biggest thrillers that has come out of this century, I feel like. Um, it was also on the Great American Read. So we have talked about mm-hmm. it on the podcast before. So I don't want to spend too much time on it. But um, did either of you read it and watch the film? I have not read it or watched the film. What? I know. I did I'm both. Sure. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think overall, as far as the film goes, they did change some things uh, from the book to the film. But I think overall, it was pretty good. And I enjoyed both of them. A lot of people did not. It is a very slow burn about about half of the book. And so I think some people, I'm used to reading Sue Grafton mysteries though. I have read Sue Grafton my whole life. And so I'm used to the slow mystery burn. (laughs) Um, In fact, I think that's why thrillers really caught me because I was so used to those really slow Mm -hmm. pace. Like she's making a tuna fish sandwich, you know, and going (laughs) for a run and then oh, I guess I'll go down and talk to this guy. You know, that's what I'm Mm -hmm. used to, the really detective type work. So a thriller, I was like, whoa, they're like right out the gate, you know, doing interesting things. And I think Gone Girl did get me from the beginning, but it is very slow, the the book is. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the the film was really cool, though. And I liked the soundtrack. I mean, anything that Trent Reznor has to do with, I'm okay with. What do you think? I didn't like either one of them. You didn't? I did not like the characters. I I didn't care about any, either of them, any of them, actually. Yeah. And that made it harder for me to keep going. I think that's a common complaint. Yeah, they I've were just heard. not sympathetic at all. Yeah. Oh, they're pretty terrible people. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And then they're just, yeah, they're not great, either one of them. Okay. What about, let me see. So The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I feel like that was a really big series at the time, got turned into a film. I feel, personally, I was way into the first book, and they kept losing me the further the series went on. And I thought the first film was really good, too. Same thing. I just I just mm-hmm. started losing interest after that first book. I feel like if it would have been a standalone, maybe it would have been better. I don't know. Thoughts? How far did you get before you thought it went downhill? Probably the s- end of the second book. Okay. Because <laughs> I think after the third book, yeah, another author picked it up. Right. But if you started getting bored with it even before that, then I haven't read them. I've heard people talk about how violent they are. And so I haven't been in a place where I was anxious to read something like that. Yeah. 
So I think the first the first one, the mystery is really good that's in it. Um, I really enjoyed the actual mystery of the first one. And I think that's where they lost me after that because it wasn't a mystery anymore. Oh. And it was like, mm-hmm. ah, it's more of it's more of a revenge book, I feel like, after that. So it wasn't, I didn't like it as much. So have you read or watched that? I have not. Oh, man. I They're I'm striking out on these over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm really kind of new to the whole world of, you know, thrillers and, and mm-hmm. things. So um, there are a lot of things on my list to be read, but I have not gotten to those yet. So Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down the list then, and I'm going to see if there's – most mm-hmm. of these I have – I've at least seen all of these. Some of the, these I have not read, though. Um, Room. Mm-mm. By Emma Donahue. No. No? No. Okay, I'm going to recommend that to y'all because I really loved it. Okay. Um, I loved both the film adaptation mm-hmm. and the book itself. Uh, literally, a woman and her child are trapped in a room. And, I've heard about this. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they don't know. You, you, you are given little clues as you're going along as to why they're in this room. Oh. Um, but it's. I really enjoyed it. I think the film got a little muddy towards the end, and I mm-hmm. do think they changed it a little bit from the book, but overall, I really liked that one. Um, the Girl on the Train, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Either of you? I read the book. Yeah. And I I liked both. Um, I thought they were both entertaining, so I'll take that one. Um, Shutter Island? No. Oh, my no, gosh. I know. I'm losing <laughs> both of you. Um, I have not read the book, but I have watched the film, and, I mean, anything with Leo in it, I'm going to watch. Uh, <laughs> but I I really liked the film, and it was it's very kind of gritty, mm-hmm. which I like. It's kind of feels like one of those kind of pulp detective novel feel, yeah. you know. I really enjoyed that. Um, the Silence of the Lambs. Nope. Read the book. Read the book. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite. I've never read the book. I've only watched the film couldn't watch the film no really because i'd read the book yeah yeah i didn't nope Mm -mm. (laughs) that is one of the creepiest films i've ever seen yeah to this day i i i really hope that it's not one of those that they try to go and and revamp later oh Oh, no um because i love it so much it's so so good okay big little lies by leanne moriarty did they make a series out of that they did make a series Yeah. yeah i think i saw maybe the first one or two and that was it so i did the reverse. Normally I read the book, then mm-hmm. I watch whatever is available. For this one, I watched the series first and then thought, wow, that was so great. I'm going to go read the novel. Ooh. I did not like the novel very much at all. It's okay. Oh, no. It's okay. Um, I think it's set in Australia. Okay. The, the American version is set in like LA, you know, or mm-hmm. very wealthy women. Mm-hmm. So you have women. The only thing you know is that something has happened at an event, and that's the that's how the series starts. There's red and blue lights. People are being questioned. Ooh. There's the crime scene tape, but they're all very wealthy women at this mm-hmm. event, and they're all friends, and so it's like, you know, they're all crying, and so you're like, what is this? But <laughs> it is, uh, there's a lot of dynamics going on in that series. I really, really loved the series, though. I highly recommend it, and they also did another season of it after the first Ooh. season. So it kind of ties everything up mm-hmm. a little bit more. We talked about No Exit. We talked about The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. The Snowman. Either of you heard or read that one? No. I've heard of it. Have not seen it. Haven't read it. So I read the book and I liked it. And then I was mm-hmm. like, oh, they'll be putting out a film. This will be great. 
Went and saw the film. It was such a disappointment. Oh, no. And I took my husband. I was, like, talking. I was, like, oh, this is going to be so great. And it was Michael Fassbender. So I was, like, yeah, yeah. they went with Michael yeah. Fassbender. It's going to be great. Uh, Val Kilmer was in it. And, unfortunately, this was right after, I guess, he had lost his ability to speak. Oh, no. And they overdubbed him in the oh. film, y'all. It is awful. No. And so he comes up and he talks. And it's, like, somebody else's voice. And... We didn't know at the time. We're like, why is this all weird? It's like oh, an no. overdub. Like he's not speaking English <laughs> or something. I don't know what's oh. happening. And then we found out later, obviously, why. Mm-hmm. But I was like, it was so weird. It just came out of nowhere. And you're like, <laughs> I don't know what this is. Um, and then I want to talk about the film or I guess the series they put out recently for Netflix. It was poking fun at this entire genre. Uh, which was the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Did either of you watch that? (laughs) I have not yet. It's on my list, and I've heard so many good things about it. It's so hokey. Mm -hmm. It's so stupid. It is just stupid. But it's actually so stupid it's good. Mm -hmm. Um, But they poke fun at all the things we're basically making fun of right now Uh, and and all the tropes and all Mm -hmm. the silly things. And there's just moments. I think I would like to watch it again because now I get the humor of it because it's a really odd humor. I think you'll love it because you have a dry humor, Mm -hmm. you know. My Library Does That? Presented by Check Me Out, a podcast for book lovers. Did you know the Emerald Public Library has a makerspace? It's full of tools, supplies, and equipment that anyone with a library card can use. Sewing, quilting, leatherworking, jewelry making, and more. The makerspace is available for use at the downtown library. More information about the makerspace can be found at emeraldlibrary.org. talk about recommendations what are some of your favorite thrillers that you've ever read anything by B.A. Paris I love her books um Sherry LaPena is good pretty much anything of hers and uh, Lisa Jewell is good she's one I've just discovered fairly recently I love her books I was gonna say I wrote down um Sherry LaPena uh The Couple Next Door and The End of Her I've read both of those and Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed both of them Stranger in the House by her is one of my favorites. Nice. I know. Anything. I'm like, oh, Stranger in the House. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You had me. Stranger in the House. And it's not what you think. Okay. Love that. Uh, Stevie, what do you got? Um, Well, I think we've already mentioned a couple of them. Um, Definitely Verity. Definitely No Exit. I was just so impressed with the the weaving of the storyline and No Exit. Just how everything plays out is wild in both the book and the film of course i think the book is better but you know obviously (laughs) (laughs) obviously um a couple of others that i had written down um the last thing he told me by laura dave it's not it's it's more of a slow burn in that one it starts out with a a woman and her husband is missing He just doesn't come home from work one day. There's this big thing that happens at the place where he works. And she's like, is this why he's gone? I don't really understand. He just kind of leaves without any warning or knowledge. 
you know, nothing left behind. And so the, the story is, you know, kind of her and um, her stepdaughter trying to figure out what happened. And it, it's it's really good, but it is more of a slow burn. And then um, Such a Quiet Place, which I talked about, that was one that I just recently finished that I did not see the ending coming at all. Um, it was really good. And then Local Woman Missing, which we've talked about. Love. Oh, that's one of my so favorites good. I've read in years. It really it was so good. It it hooks you from the very beginning because, you know, it starts out with this very like kind of typical scene that you would expect from a mystery or a thriller where, um, you know, something happens. It's like this inciting event and and you think that it's going to go straight into like the fallout from that event, but instead it takes this whole different turn and for a second you're like, Am I am I still reading the same book? Like was yeah. that a preview for something else? Or <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened. And uh where did these people come in? And then, you know, yeah, as you the get story dropped goes on, into yeah. another story, essentially. And it's really it has nothing to do with what you were just reading about. <laughs> no. so, yeah. So I was yeah, I was like flipping back and forth, like, did I miss some pages? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, wait, thing. where where did this come from? <laughs> yeah. Who are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like a lot of characters, a mm-hmm. lot of there's well, and each chapter is a different person and, and a different thing that's happening. So mm-hmm. it's just you're constantly moving forward. I've probably I probably read that faster than anything I have. In I read a while. it pretty quickly. Yeah. And it's it's not only switching perspectives, it's also switching times. So you jump from yes. the past to the like past to the present um pretty frequently throughout the different perspectives and it's it's really interesting and and one of those that's you have to really pay close attention to yeah. because it's easy to get lost. Yes. And your little brain is just constantly like, yes. <laughs> we're back in the past now. I got to keep up. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's Local Woman local woman Missing by Mary Kubica. Yeah. And we didn't talk a lot about Verity, but Verity was one of those by Colleen Hoover that first paragraph, first page. Oh, 100%. Grabbed me. First sentence. First sentence. Yeah. <laughs> um, it has nothing really to do with anything. No. Um, but it gets you in because there's a very tragic thing yes. that happens to, you know, our lead. She's, you know, blood is on her and you, yes. know, you find out what's happening there. But mm-hmm. um, essentially she gets asked to be a ghostwriter for a woman named Verity, yes. who is an author and who had a very tragic accident that has left her immobile and she is unable to do anything. And mm-hmm. they're like, we really want to finish her last novel mm-hmm. and we need a ghostwriter because we have not, basically I haven't disclosed to anybody that right. anything has happened to her. Nobody knows that this tragic accident has happened. Um, and so the husband asks this ghostwriter, I don't remember the main character's name. I feel awful. Uh, Lowen. Yes. Yes. You're correct. And so he asked Lowen to move to their house and become a ghostwriter. Verity is obviously upstairs in her bed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then creepy things start happening to Lowen. So that's all I'm going to say. But I will say it's very good. Another super fast read. Yes. Once I got mm-hmm. into it, couldn't put it down. Really, really liked that one. Yes, but then you look at Colleen Hoover's other books, and they're not—they're not the same at all. Yeah, which is interesting. It was—I like, heard she's kind of romance or like um, mm-hmm. that kind of rom rom com kind of. I don't <laughs> yeah, know what you call that. <laughs> I that same summer, I I started reading more of her books because I was like, oh, I want I want that same feeling of I have to finish this, and I read a few of them, and they were more like you know kind of like lighthearted or not not quite as heavy, not quite as mysterious, more focused on like 
you know, romance and relationships. And that's not a bad thing at all. I enjoyed the books, but yeah. it wasn't the same, like, dark, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of dark things that happen in Verity that I was not expecting out of the gate. And her other books are not like that. Yeah. So, so and while I have a second, I'm going to give a shout out to the Psychological Thriller Readers Group on Facebook. Yes. That is where I have gotten so many of the books that I read because I feel like... If a group of 70,000 people say it's good, I feel like I'm going to go along with that. Um, but it's weird because there's so many books like Verity, even Local Woman, Woman Missing, mm-hmm. that I loved, did not see coming, those yes. kind of things. The people are still like, oh, I don't know. I didn't really like it. And I'm like, what? How can you not like that? So I think that's the interesting thing about this, too. We're mm-hmm. giving all these recommendations. There's probably somebody like, what are you talking about? These are terrible books. Um, <laughs> but I like them. I obviously love Gillian Flynn. I, lo- I loved Gone Girl, but I really loved her other two novels, Sharp Objects and Dark Places. Loved both of them. So if you have not gone down those, if you didn't like Gone Girl, but you love thrillers, I say go for the other two. Um, they are not as slow burn. I actually... Here's what I will say about her writing. All of her females are damaged. <laughs> they, they are damaged characters and they are hard to love sometimes. Um, but I think that's why mm-hmm. they work. They're very flawed. But then I think that's what adds to the mystery of what's going on. Because you're like, I don't trust her either. I don't trust any of these people. Right. So it, it adds to the mystery. One of my favorites that I have ever read, I'm going the Dean Koontz route, but mm-hmm. I loved Intensity. I read that when I was probably, I was probably a student here at Amarillo College, like oh, wow. forever ago. It's, I, I would say it borders on horror a little bit because there's murders in the beginning, but then it kind of goes more into thriller. It's a college student and her friend. They're going to see her friend's family in the wine country. She's very rich and they're, you know, the, the one friend is not very rich at all and she's, mm-hmm. you know, going to visit with her family and they get there in the middle of the night, they hear somebody in the house and he's essentially killing the entire family. And the friend who goes home with her is the only person that lives. And she decides to basically follow him and figure out where he's going because she can't let him get away. And she's like, I don't know who this person is. And And he's driving an RV and she gets in the RV Oh, and it wow. goes from there. Um, so that's literally the first like two chapters of the book is the murder. <laughs> and then it goes from there. So um, but it was one of those I couldn't put it down, but it's really creepy. It's eerie. Mm-hmm. And the whole time you're like, what are you doing? Get a- get away from this guy. <laughs> like, this is super dangerous. What are you doing? Um, but it's still one of my favorites. I love it to this day. OK. Any other recommendations from you? I feel like I could go on all day long. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you great books to read. Um, I'm sure. Did you read uh, In Cold Blood by Truman Capote? Ages ago. That is one of those that it's so true crime meets thriller meets mystery. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's so many different genres all in one. Mm-hmm. But I think it's such an important book and, you know, especially to true crime and, and that genre. But I think it fits in thriller mm-hmm. as well. It's one of the rare books that actually gave me cold chills and I got really creeped out because it's oh, wow. true, you yeah. know, and it really happened. And he paints it so well, though. And that was yeah. unheard of at that time to write that way. So in the vein of Stephen King, which we talked about earlier, typically leans more in the horror realm. But then you get The Shining, which is still kind of that supernatural, but it has thriller elements. Then you have Dr. Sleep, 
which is the sequel to The Shining, I felt like that was a page-turner thriller. There is that supernatural element, though. So I think that's where it kind of takes it out of thriller a little bit. Alice Feeney. Have y'all read any Alice Feeney books? No. So her um, book, Sometimes I Lie, was my first mm-hmm. introduction. Have you read that? I have not. I have them both. Um, <sighs> she did Rock, Paper, Scissors, too, right? Yes. Yes. I have both of those on my list of, like, things to be read next because... <laughs> You spoke so highly of them. I really love both of those. And here's the thing. I was looking up Sometimes I Lie Earl. I was like, ooh, what's that (laughs) name? That was so good. Mm -hmm. And, man, it did not get great reviews. I was really Really? surprised. I was really bummed. Hmm. But people, I think, I think it twisted a couple of too many times for people. And they were like, I got lost and I don't like it. And I was like, I kept up and I loved it. So I'm sad that you didn't keep up. It was really good. (laughs) Um, And then rock, paper, scissors. Like sometimes I'll, I'm not going to tell too much about because it's just, it's a trip. Mm -hmm. Um, Rock, paper, scissors. It's a couple. Their marriage has not been doing too Mm -hmm. well. They end up in the middle of nowhere at this, basically what seems to be an abandoned church as a, she thought she won this great getaway for the weekend from work and they end up there and it's like all these weird things oh, start happening no. and they're out in the middle of nowhere and there's no cell service and you know, the typical, yeah. I really like these shining-esque <laughs> type things apparently. That's my trope that I go towards. And then uh, The Silent Patient. Have either of you read that? Oh yeah, that was good. Uh, Alex Michaelides is who wrote that one. A woman is accused, she was accused of killing her husband. Is that right? I think so. And she literally is in a mental ward and does not speak. She has not spoken since the murder occurred. So there's a guy that comes in. He's the new up and coming. I'm the new therapist. I'm going to get her to talk. (laughs) And then weird things start happening there. So. Yeah, that was a good one, too. That was another one. I did not see that ending coming. Yeah, totally it's a trip. So that's mm-hmm. one that a lot of people in that uh, thriller group were talking about. And I thought mm-hmm. that was a really good one. There's one that I read on behalf of my friend Andy, who's been on the podcast a few times. She said, I know you really like thrillers. This is by Ann Rivers Siddons, who does not typically write this kind of way. It's kind of like the Colleen Mm -hmm. Hoover thing where it's like, I got one good thriller in me and I'm going to go back (laughs) and I'm going to go back to writing these other books. But just have to let out some rage. Yeah, I just got (laughs) to, I got to pen up. Um, This one's called The House Next Door and it was so good. I really liked it. It, I think she wrote it in like, I'm going to say the early 80s. My friend's copy, like the whole jacket is basically off of it because she has read it so many times. And she was like, I really want you to read this one. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to, you know, it's going to disintegrate in, in my hands. <laughs> um, but they they made a TV film adaptation. I don't, even, I don't know which one it was. Mm-hmm. It feels like a Lifetime movie or something. I don't oh. know. But it was so horribly done. My husband and I watched it oh, and we were no. like, this is not good at all. Horrible acting. It was just, it was just really, really bad. But The House Next Door and Rivers Siddons, really good. I good to know. I will put my name on that one. Okay, what else? Anything you've wanted to read? Anything you can guide people in the right direction? The one thing I've decided personally is I don't want to see a series after I've read the book because it just takes me out of the book thinking, well, they changed that and oh, that's not how that happened. Mm-hmm. And then if I see the series or the movie first, the book feels more like 
the editors, you know, the publisher's edition, the editors mm-hmm. with all the extras in it. Yeah. And then I'm not envisioning how it looked. Yeah. What in the book to me, I, the movie just no, that's no, that's not how I pictured it, and it's just too distracting. I get that. Yeah. I think there's that weird thing too when you they've cast the film. And you haven't read it yet, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I really want to read it because it's about to come out, and I don't want it to get spoiled for me or whatever. And then you're like, well, now I only see Brad Pitt as this guy, you know? <laughs> it's like, I can't yeah. see anybody else and because I've seen that he's cast as this person. And that's a problem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I do want to talk about Agatha Christie for a minute. I think we have to talk about oh, Agatha Christie yeah. on a thriller. Um, the, the first one that I ever read was actually not that long ago. I did not grow up reading her books. I did not grow up watching her films or any of that. And I'm really sad that I didn't because I think I would have loved it. I was a, um, I've talked about this a million times before, but I am a lover of all things Nancy Drew. And Nancy Drew was my intro into this world, really. And I still see, I still have my copy of the mystery of the old clock and (laughs) it's my favorite. Um, But I... I love Nancy Drew, and I don't know who didn't say, like, here's an Agatha Christie, like, <laughs> grow up, here's your next level, or whatever, level up, you know, but but I didn't, and it wasn't until a couple of years ago, I was like, I really should read some Agatha Christie at this mm-hmm. point in my life, um, so I started with And Then There Were None, because I feel like oh, that's what you start with, Absolutely. and once again, twists, turns, you know, you got lots of bodies in this one, <laughs> but um, I love, I think the nostalgia of it, that it's that old of a book and it made me feel in such a way. I don't know. You Do you read Agatha Christie much? Very rarely. Yeah. I read and then there were none. Yeah. Um, I think I read it, oh, I want to say in high school. I think we read it in a class mm-hmm. um, and it was one of those that, you know, I feel like there were a lot of, of books that we were forced to read. Well, I say forced to read. I've always loved reading, but um, I feel like, you know, a lot of my classmates would be assigned these books and be like, oh, I don't want to read this. You know, this is kind of a drag. But um, I feel like, and then there were none was one of those where we were all like, did you read the chapter we were supposed to read last <laughs> night? Can we talk about it? Like, <laughs> that's cool. See, I would have mm-hmm. loved that. But I got like, you know, red badge of courage and things I did not care about. <laughs> um, but if they would have thrown down some Agatha Christie, I would have right, right. read that really fast. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also read Murder on the Orient Express because the film was coming out once again. I was like, I should really read that book because it's really old and I've never <laughs> read it. Um, but I really like, there's that detective aspect. There typically mm-hmm. is a murder involved somewhere. Um, so it's kind of that old school mystery but I do think, and then there were none I felt like was more of a thriller. It's very, it's more faster paced. It is. Than a typic, mm-hmm. typical detective novel. Mm-hmm. And then it has the benefit of being in an isolated place. So yes. you have a very limited number of people who could be the killer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, people trapped into a place. <laughs> yes. Here we are, back to that one. Who um, can we trust? Yeah, who can oh, we trust? They're dead. That's not them. Yeah. <laughs> the red herring just got killed, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that Agatha Christie, I feel like we should do a whole episode on her at some point, especially being a PBS mm-hmm. station and oh, we ran sure. the shows for years, you know. But, but yeah, I think thrillers, they hold such a, 
I don't know. It's a, it's weird to say like, oh, it's such a place in my heart for <laughs> psychological thrillers. But um, yeah, they. I feel like they get you through some weird things sometimes. Like you were saying, it's a nice distraction when they you've do. got. And it's, I mean, it's almost like you're, I don't know if this is the right term, but it's like you're trauma bonded to these characters. Like you, you know, you're going through it with them and. It's like, you know, I I think so fondly of these people. We helped solve this neighborhood murder together. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. Group in the book. (laughs) What would you have done without me? Yeah. I put a lot of of effort into this, so. (laughs) And whatever's going on in your life, theirs is so much worse. It kind of makes you feel better. Like, wow, at least that's not happening to me. Yeah. At least my husband isn't a serial killer that I know of. Brandon. Um, (laughs) But, but yeah, I think there is that bond. And then for me, I see a lot of strong female roles. Yes. In these, in these books. Um, I don't know. That's always true. You do have the unreliable Mm -hmm. narrator type Gillian Flynn people, but fair. I do think that a lot of times the ones that I gravitate towards to are usually a female. Mm -hmm. She's trying to get to the bottom of whatever it is. And most of the time she succeeds in that. So I think there's something to that for me. There is a random one where the man is the main character. One of my favorites is the noise downstairs. Just a regular man. He's driving around. He sees his neighbor driving down the street and he thinks, well, you know, is he okay? Because man's driving out of town, which is kind of unusual. And then he pulls over into this random empty parking lot, and the guy thinks, I wonder what's going on. Should I help him? Next thing he knows, he's in the hospital. And then so he suffers a little trauma from that little mm. PTSD. And when he gets oh. home, things are weird. His wife buys him a manual typewriter just so he can write, just kind of as a distraction, something to keep his mind going. And then at night, he hears the typewriter typing or somebody Ooh. typing on it. <laughs> and, of course, his wife never hears anything. Of course. Yeah. They <laughs> never do. Yeah. And sometimes she's with him and sometimes she's not. So who, who can it be? Because it's obviously not her if she's right there. But who else is in the house with mm. him? Oh. Yeah. That's always a spooky, a spooky read, especially if you, you know, are – living alone or you have to be home alone for a few days and you're laying in bed at night and you're like do do i hear a typewriter (laughs) i don't have one but i have those creaky old floors in my house you know like what was that is that the cat what was that (laughs) that made me think of secret window uh the stephen king that they also turned into Mm -hmm. a film with johnny depp and secret window is kind of a you know he's the writer he's gonna go to this cabin and kind of locks himself in and And all the things start happening. You have a lot of papers here. I want to know what you brought. (laughs) I brought several of them that we've already talked about. The Sherry LaPena, the couple next door, behind closed doors, what B.A. Paris. So let's talk about, we did not talk about what the couple next door is about, did we? No, we did not. Yeah, let's talk about it because I have read that one. I really enjoyed it. They're a nice couple. They've got a newborn baby. You know, the regular stuff, new child, That how do we take care of it? But they go to the neighbor's house for a dinner party or something or other, and they have a baby monitor so they can hear the baby next door. And then it gets quiet, and they go home, and the baby's gone. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. dun. No. Yeah. <laughs> and so. then who's telling the truth? Who's yeah. lying? Who don't know? <laughs> really good. Any other recommendations before we wrap up? Was that it for you? 
There is one, The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins. I don't know if we talked about that. No. But this woman is a professional dog walker, and she's walking the dogs one time and literally runs into this man who has just been widowed. And so a relationship builds, and she marries him and moves into the house. But everything in the house was decorated by the ex-wife, or his late wife, actually. And she just feels kind of like she's in somebody else's space, like she's intruding. Then her husband disappears, you know, for an hour or so, you know, two hours at random times. And she's not really sure what's going on, but she knows it's not right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I like these, I don't know, the old, like the, the ones in the houses I think are fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, that Anne River Sidden is very much like that. It's, you know, the people that have lived in this house forever and there's a brand new house that gets built next door oh, and it's man. kind of modern, you know, and they're like, we're living in this beautiful, you know, um, oh, what would you call that? I was going to say gothic style, but that's Kind not. of a gothic um, Queen Anne. Yeah, like a Queen Anne okay. house. <laughs> Things start happening in the new house, not in the, the old. So it's like the new house that was built. All these weird things that nobody can figure out and they... They walk in and they start having these visions and things are oh. happening to each each person that goes into the house. Um, so, yeah, that was really, it's a ride. Interesting. <laughs> it's, a, it's a trip. Well, thank you both for joining us and giving me so many recommendations. And, uh, you know, I'm putting you both on my email chain. If we get any good ones, okay. we have to share. Yes, I promise absolutely. to. Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Out is recorded in the FM 90 and Panhandle PBS studios on the Washington Street campus of Amarillo College. The show is produced by Hillary Holsey and me, Amy Hart. Special thanks to Stacy Clopton, Tanner Bass, and Colin Lutz. And thanks to Stevie Brashears for designing our logo and the Mag 7 for providing music. Thank you again to our supporters, friends of the Amarillo Public Library. Brick and Elm Magazine, and Humanities Texas. Check us out on Facebook and hit subscribe wherever you're listening.